And I remember being on the floor because somebody had prayed for me and I'd fallen out under the power of God that sometimes happens when His presence comes upon us. And I began weeping, but ugly crying, the kind of crying that you just don't do if you've got your, your stuff together. As I was weeping, moments of pain and hurt, moments of disappointment, moments of frustration, all began to leave me. And I heard the Lord speak to me in what I call an internal audible voice. And in that moment, he said to me, son, I want you to grow up and be a child. A few weeks ago, Sid interviewed Julian Adams for a series Victory Church Cape Town did called Circles of Influence. This week, we are revisiting that interview as there is so much gold in what Julian had to say. Julian is an author, spiritual advisor, teacher, and leadership consultant in political, business, and creative spheres. He has humble roots in our very own Victory Church, and now he's influencing so many lives around the world with his prophetic gifting. Let us now hear the conversation between Julian and Sid. So for people just starting out, you know, listening to this, wanting to... Maybe they're just starting to go back to work. People are coming back. There could be, you know, fear, lots of questions. Also, there's there's incredible opportunity right now, isn't there? An incredible opportunity for us to step out and do things. And I think what you just said there is so helpful to, to say, let's not go and try and manufacture something. Sometimes we get a bit uncomfortable with pace, isn't it? When When, when, when things aren't happening quickly enough. And sometimes we get uncomfortable with slow. Our generation's not very good at slow. Oftentimes when I speak to people about, hey, are you resting enough? I, I hear a lot of reasons why, but so-and-so is doing this and, and I can't expect this and this. You know, there's always a, but the people around me are doing this and therefore I can't take a moment to slow down. Whereas, you know, being low and slow, like you said, with the father, that's, and there's, there's identity stuff there that's really, really crucial, isn't it? Do you want to say something around just friendship with the Father, identity? That kind of, do, you want to, do you want to land us on, on, on that? Because I think that is just so crucial in us getting the difference almost between us getting this right and us going for a little bit and then the temptation comes and you start running in your own strength and it just doesn't produce fruit and it causes a lot of frustration in us, doesn't it? Yeah, I, you know, one of the big things I think that is uh, governed some of my life in the last 20 years, is, and I'll share this in context in a moment, is understanding that God is not in a rush. He's got all of eternity. Like, he, he, there's no rush on his part. And that God doesn't need me. Um, if he needed anything, if he needed anything, there'd be lack in his character, and that will cause him to not be sovereign. But he actually wants me. Like, he wants me part of it. It's, it's not that he needs me. He wants me. He's chosen. I, I've been reading through the Gospel of Mark recently, and there are numbers of times where it says, and Jesus called them to himself. There's this beautiful dynamic that God wants us to himself. He's jealous for us. And the Bible describes his love as a jealous love in the Song of Songs. And so for me, that understanding that he wants me takes all the pressure off that it's not about my qualification, it's not about what I do, it's about what he's done for me. It's, it's about the joy of knowing that this gift called righteousness has been given to me. And, and the same life that Jesus lived perfectly has now been given to me as if I lived that life myself. It's, it's, it's stunning in its application. The second thing is an encounter that happened a number of years ago now 
where I was, I think, in ministry for a long time. I was helping lead a, a number of church plants in the northeast of uh, uh, England. I was doing this massive itinerant ministry. I mean, it, it was incredible. Massive platforms, conferences of thousands, and I was struggling. Like, I was dying. I was burning out. I was frustrated. I, and most of the time, I was prophesying out of pure adrenaline and exhaustion, not out of love or kindness. There were times where compassion didn't even touch me because I was just wanting to get the job done. And um, I, I came out to the States to be part of a conference, a leaders' conference at Bethel Church in Reading. And everyone around me was so super gifted, so super anointed, that I felt like an absolute banana. I was like, what do I even have to offer? I wasn't speaking, and I was kind of half-heartedly hoping that this would be the moment that I'll get up onto whatever American stage and nothing of that happened. I thought I'd just bring a great prophetic word and it would just crack things open. But I was properly exhausted. And I remember being on the floor because someone had prayed for me and I'd fallen out under the power of God that sometimes happens when his presence comes upon us. And I began weeping, but ugly crying, the kind of crying that a leader should never do at a leader's conference. <laughs> The kind of crying that you just don't do if you've got your, your stuff together. Yeah, and yeah. as I was weeping, moments of pain and hurt, moments of disappointment, moments of frustration, all began to leave me. And I heard the Lord speak to me in what I call an internal audible voice. But it's not like him going, this is the Lord speaking, and I can hear him. But it's like a thought that cuts across all of my thoughts, and I know it's not mine. And in that moment, he said to me, son... I want you to grow up and be a child. And it took me on this journey to begin to understand that maturity in the kingdom does not look like a religious, boring, fuddy-duddy. Maturity in the kingdom does not look like driving hard. It does not look like striving. The Bible says that the kingdom of God belongs to little children, to those who are childlike. Like if I could... Because ultimately, we're all a little bit control freaks, aren't we? If I could just learn to let go of the steering wheel, if I could just learn to rest in the posture that my papa, my heavenly papa's got this, if I could learn that actually my destiny is not a destination, but it's a journey of discovery with the Father, like if I could just learn to rest in knowing that even if I get a bum prophetic word and it's completely wrong, and I get them, even if I preach the worst sermon and, Lord have mercy, many have heard really bad sermons by me, that when I leave that moment, I'm as loved by the Father as I was for all of eternity. No striving, no performing, simply resting. And I, I want to live in the place, I, I'll just end with this because I think it's so beautiful, in Luke chapter 15, we see the story of the prodigal son. The word prodigal means lavish. And really, the only prodigal that's in that story is the father, because he's so extravagantly lavish towards both his sons. And, and I fully identify with the older brother. I was a religious nutter for most of my life. I didn't even know what the sound of a good party was like. Uh, you know, the religious older brother comes and says, what is this? He doesn't even recognize that it's celebration. Um, it's not a childlike, it's not a childlike characteristic to enjoy celebration. Um, so I want to be childlike and enjoy celebration. Older brothers don't see that; they don't get that. 
Um, but this is beautiful moment where the the prodigal, the lost son, comes running, and it says that the father ran toward him and he fell on them, and he kissed them, and kissed him, and and kissed him, and kissed him. It literally means to go ma 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 ma. It's it's a kind of embarrassing kissing <clears throat> that you and I give our kids. You know, it's that kind of over the top. I don't care who's looking, I don't care where it is, and we kiss, kiss, kiss. Because the father wanted the whole town to know that his son is being restored. If his father didn't do that, his son would have been killed. But Luke is writing this story, and he uses this phrase, fell on, and he uses the same phrase elsewhere in the book of Acts, when it talks about how the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples. Because the Holy Spirit is the kiss of the Father toward us. And you know, most of us have stopped at Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit empowers for mission. But when you read the epistles, the Holy Spirit always empowers for sonship. He's known as the spirit of adoption. He's known more in scripture as the spirit of adoption, as the one who helps us cry, Abba, Father. When we understand that in the beauty of Trinitarian relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings us into the affection of the Father. And it's not just an intellectual ascent. Like I don't just know God because I know him here, but I get to experience him. And, and my encouragement to those of you who are watching is even right now where you are, open up your hands and say, Holy Spirit, will you come and kiss me with the Father's love? Because I want to know what it means to be adopted. I want to know what it means to be one with Jesus because I occupy the same place of intimacy with Jesus as Jesus does with the Father and the Son, because I'm in him. When you live your life from that place, resource, influence, opportunity, trying to hustle for something becomes a non-event because you're in this place of childlike awe and wonder of a beautiful, kind Papa who's working even when we don't see him to perform the outrageous, over-the-top, unimaginable blessings toward us for our good and for his glory. Amazing. That is the perfect place to, to stop, to land, Jules. It's so helpful. I wish we could go on. I know there's heaps more we could talk about. I'd love to let you get back to your family. Um, can I ask you, you a favour? Would you pray a quick prayer over all of us watching? And then could I just wrap it up by praying over you and the family for what God's doing in, in wanting to do in Boston before we before we say cheers. Is that cool? I'd love, I'd love to. Cool. So I'm going to encourage everyone, just as you just said, let's stick our hands out. Let's, let's get ready to receive. Let's have that posture ready. Father, I thank you that you are so incredibly kind. You're much kinder than we could ever anticipate or imagine. And I ask you for your kindness to be overwhelmed. Father, I know this church has been birthed out of Father's love. I ask you for a greater revelation for each person watching, that by the Holy Spirit you would come and release the spirit of adoption, that people would suddenly, even in their lounges, in their office, in their cars, they're listening to this, wherever they are, suddenly they will be overwhelmed by the warm kindness and love of the Holy Spirit which will affirm to them that they are sons, they are daughters of the living God. I pray that hope will arise, that vision would be unlocked, 
and that life would be released in every sphere, in every context, beyond just church ministry, but in everything, by the power and the energizing work of your spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Lord, we we are so grateful for Julian's time today. Thank you for the lessons that you've taught him and Katia and that he's been able to share some of that in such uh, kindness, but also with real honesty today. And uh, Lord, thank you that that just shows the heart of, uh, of, of the man. And Lord, I pray that as they set off to do this amazing thing, starting a local church in the heart of Boston, thank you for your favor over them as a family. Thank you for provision. Thank you for abundance. Thank you for overflow, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that they will be marked by the things that Jules has shared with us today. They'll be marked by true, deep, long, um, long-lasting friendship, God, that that'll be one of the markers of the table in Boston, that there'll be real moments of the things they do happens because of real friendship and real kindness and real love for one another, and that they'll be true friends to those in the city who most need it, God. Would you, uh, Father, keep leading them, keep guiding them to those who are most, most vulnerable and in, in, in desperate need of you? And would they make such a, an incredible difference in the lives of those individuals whom you so dearly love and so deeply care for, Father. And Lord, just not just over them as a couple, but them as a family, Lord, we pray for your protection, your favor, and your breakthrough in all areas, Lord. And thank you, God, that during this time, when others may be saying, no, they, they've said, Lord, we'll still go because your heart hasn't changed, your mind hasn't changed. And Lord, would you, would you show them real, real breakthrough in this season? Would we hear testimonies of the most incredible things happening in the city of Boston. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Like, share and subscribe to this podcast and make sure you share it with all your friends.